This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I'm here with an NYC native, David Barton, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome to Halo Talks. Thank you. Thank you. So it's uh, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, I think a lot of the listeners here know of David Barton Jim, know of you over the years. And um, what I want to talk about to start, just give your background on uh, on how you got into the fitness industry. And then we'll talk about how you've always been true to the experience. You've always been true to making sure people get results. Thank you. Yeah, we were just talking about that. And, and yeah, you know, this. I see the business as a two-pronged business. You know, there's the uh, tangible outcome that somebody wants from going to the gym. Somebody goes to the gym because they want to change their body. They want to look better, feel better, be better at something. You know? And then there's the subjective experience of, of going to the gym. You know, today I, I happen to... I went to a gym, um, you know, just a sort of decent, you know, nondescript gym, just because it was convenient. I was running around, so I went into a gym for a workout, like did it daily. It was fine, but it had all the charisma of my dentist's waiting room. Right. I'm assuming your dentist's waiting room is not very pimped out. It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's not. <laughs> right, that's good. I get it. I want to make sure people know where we're going. No, 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 my dentist. Um, yeah, his waiting room is just sucks. And, you know, the gym didn't suck, but it was just, it was just you know, it was just there. It was just a room with equipment. And um, early on, I, you know, there was this time when I was growing up in New York, and there was this thing that kind of doesn't exist anymore called nightlife. And, you know, and you go out at night, sure. and you'd see your friends there, and it was like the whole daytime world didn't exist anymore. You know, it was exciting, and you see people, and that's where you, you lived at night, you know, in the nightclubs. And... You know, it's kind of, you know, you go to these places and you walk into this place and, and you know, I, I you know, grew up in this world, in this world and, and so when I started doing the gym, I realized that this was show business. You know, sure. I was going to be in show business. I'm yeah. putting on a show. I'm entertaining people. And if I can't, you know, I can't get them <laughs> the results that they want. I can't get them to my trainers. I can't tell them how to work out if I can't get them there and have them stay, you know. Right. So basically, you were probably the pioneer in understanding that if someone's going to go do something that's related to work and creates pain, you might as well do it in an environment that's awesome. It's fun to be in, right? Have to, man. Listen, yeah. you know, I'm in the business of selling something that people don't like. Right. I mean, they, they like the, the outcome, but they don't like the process. Sure, sure. So, you know, I have to get them there any way I can, you know? So, um, so to me, you know, like so much of you know, so much of, of what I did, had, you know, went into, you know, creating, you know, this experience. And it's not, it's not about, like, people always think it's about design. And you know, it's not just design. It's about this emotional, visceral experience. And you walk in the door, how you feel. So how do you, you you've built a, a number of gyms through the years. Now you're, now you're doing a, a t- TMPL, Temple brand. When, when you go into a, a raw space, like, what happens in your brain? <laughs> I, um... You know, I have this, um, I think, I, you know, I have a couple of things going for me. One, for some reason, I'm able to, you know, stick my finger up in the air, see which way the wind's blowing. But also, when I walk into a, a room, you know, I always, you know, I don't know if it's a curse or a blessing, but I see what I think it should look like. Right, right. You know, I see everything. I'm, like, I'm very visual, and whenever I see, um, you know, maybe a good trainer, everybody I see, I'm like, oh, I should do this to that body. I should make this a little rounder, take this in. <laughs> You're like architecting, like people, everything and design. visually, like wow. yeah. And then when yeah. I walk into a room, I always see, oh, you know, they should, 
let me just move the furniture around in my head and paint the walls. I do that actually when I go into a hotel room. I'm like, this place is not designed properly. (laughs) That desk should be here. I need to be able to see out the window. I want to see the television. So I do the same thing. I'm actually moving stuff around and then I try and put it back. (laughs) This is what I try to do. But when you walk into a space, like, do you look at a space and say, look, I know this is going to work. And you kind of like architect it in your brain and say like, okay, this is going to work. And then move on to the next location and, and say like, this doesn't work because the vibe just doesn't feel right to you. Like you've been doing this for all, you know, 30 years, right? Yeah. I mean, the space has to have certain components to work. Yeah. You know, somebody, I mean, the space that somebody walks into it, you know, somebody walks into one of my gym places. The first thing they're aware of is not like, you know, how I, design the front desk it's really like you know they're aware of like scale and the space how it feels the lighting there's you know they're they're you know the way your body like moves through the space has mm-hmm. to um you know be a, you know just have a certain feel to it so you know i mean i'm not sure if that's what you're asking yeah the no space that's, that's, to, that is but um, i guess the question is like do you hire an architect i work with architects designers etc do you, do you, so you're driving them more than they're driving you well i don't know i've worked with some great people um you know, it's always like a collaboration, but I always have kind of a fantasy of what it's going to look like and feel like. And let me think of an example. So people love this gym I did in Miami. Like not the first, but like the second one that I did was a Gansevoort Hotel, which later yep, changed. Yeah, I've been there. And um, I remember walking into the space and, you know, and I just saw it as, remember I Dream of Jeannie? Sure, yeah. Well, sometimes they'd show like, you'd go into her bottle. Like she yeah. was living in this cool little kind of like, Arabian bottle with like so for the yeah, way no, around. I'm, I'm visualizing right now. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> now now Jeannie had a evil twin sister who also whose name was also Jeannie. Okay. I don't know if you remember that. So some episodes she had an evil twin sister whose name okay. was also Jeannie. Now you never saw inside the evil twin sister's bottle, but I said if if you did see the inside of <laughs> the evil genie's bottle it would look like this. And I just saw the gym came together in my mind at this thing. So, I mean, you know, I had some great designers that helped me put this vision together, but, you know, I kind of saw all them. You know, I saw the details. I saw exactly how I wanted it to look. And so, you know, usually it comes to me in a kind of a, in a moment. But, um... When you were were building gyms originally, and that what you're doing with Temple now, are you trying to build something that is what you see today or do you, are you trying to build it for tomorrow? It has to be sustainable. You know, I, I try, you know, I think about, and it's a really good question. I think not only about, will this, will I do something that just looks like it'll become outdated, but also people are going to look at this every day. So I try to not to do things that are sort of like visual one-liners, you know, mm-hmm. there might be like a sound bite there or some kind of, you know, you know, a moment where you look at it and it's like, you know, Oh wow! Look at that cool, you know, visual. But I try to make it something that if you look at it every day for a couple of years, you're not going to get tired of it. Gotcha. If I do, you know, kind of a mural or a graphic or something. Gotcha. So talk to talk to us about what Temple represents, what that brand means to you, and and what type of experience somebody should feel when they go into a Temple versus, you know, another gym or your dentist's office or something. <laughs> <laughs> My poor dentist. I know he'll. I hope he doesn't listen to oh, this. Yeah. But. Yeah, man. Um, so, <laughs> so David Barton Jim was me, and you know, in my twenties, there was, um, you know, I think there was a little sort of, you know, kind of downtown New York like snobbiness to it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I wanted, 
I wanted it to be very cool. And if you weren't, you know, if you didn't, if you weren't cool, or at least like a fan of cool, like you know, you you didn't want to go there. And I kind of, but it was, like, but it was set up to for that crowd, right? I yeah. mean, it wasn't like you weren't trying to be like Lucille Roberts and say anybody wants to come into my gym, right? No, it was ve- definitely kind of an invisible velvet rope, right? Yeah, and, exactly. visible velvet rope, uh, invisible, like, invisible velvet rope. Yeah, yeah. and and. Um, you know, and I, I had the downtown sort of like the fashionistas and the, the downtown kind of celebutant crowd in mind. And that was what I built my first gym for. And, and by the way, it wasn't like you know, that first gym was pretty modest, you know, but, but the staff, like I went and hired people like stylish, beautiful people, you know, I dressed them and had their hair done and taught them how to answer the phone and how to speak. And, you know, I trained all the trainers. Like, so it was like the people were really... Did you start off as a trainer? Yeah. Originally? Yeah. So that was your first foray into fitness was you were a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah. I got out of college. I was going to go to grad school. And my mother saw an ad in the paper, like, look, trainers want that. I was like, trainers? Like, this is like, this is the 80s, you know? Like, I didn't know they were, you know, trainers. I thought so your mother so cool. pushed you to become a personal trainer? That's no, first. she did not, no. What? Okay. No, you know, um, the youngest of three, and I had two older sisters. One was a doctor. One was going to work on Wall Street, and <laughs> the son comes along. And for years, they were like, when are you going to give up this, you know? I was the primper, you know, I'm bodybuilding. <laughs> they were like, what are you t- when are you going to go to law school? I'm like, I'm never. I, you know, look, now I have like 10 gyms. Like, you know, like I'm not going to give this up and go to law school. I think they finally sort of accepted that. But um, no, my mother just, um, she circled it in the paper and said, look, there's trainers on. So I went and got a job as a trainer. I thought, this is where, so where cool. Where was it? New York Health and Rack Club wow. was my first job. It's like about four mm-hmm. bucks an hour. And I was so happy, but... I got another job at this place called Sports Training Institute, and I worked the days that I didn't work it. I just said, "Give me every shift." I would just want I was like, yeah. how do you, getting paid people to be do in the that gym anymore? So cool. People are like looking for like how much time off do I have? Like back in the day, you could used to train like eighty hours if you had to. I did. I worked. You could, right? I went off on my own because four bucks an hour wasn't paying my rent, so um, went off on my own, and I became very successful as a personal trainer. I um, just because I loved it, and I like soaked up, you know. Science, I was kind of a science nerd, which was yeah. a lucky kind of break for me that I was um, able to, you know, follow some really smart gurus and like follow them around and, you know, absorb their knowledge. And, um, but I worked seven days a week, freelance training, and, you know, five in the morning till midnight. Every, you know, Sundays was my half day. That's awesome. And I saved, I finally had a pillowcase full of cash, I opened up my first gym. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I started as a trainer, you know, and it was, um, and I looked around and, you know, gyms, just the people I knew wouldn't be called dead, caught dead in the gym. The nineties, you know, gyms were, you know, leg warmers and leotards and headbands that were purple. And it was just very sort of like suburbanized kind of, you know, very mainstream, the ultimate mainstream experience. So, so as you see, let's say there's a personal trainer right now who's doing the 90 hours a week. Um, you know, loves it, knows the science. What would you recommend to them right now? Would you say, hey, save up enough money, put it in a pillowcase and open up your own studio? Would you say, hey, go try and get a job at like a Peloton so you can, you know, get some scale and you can be on video, Um, start up your own Instagram page and train some people and get in some pictures with celebrities? I mean, it's a different time right now. 
you know, but personal training still gets you the best results out of anything. I do it does. five or six group X classes and, you know, I'm not bragging, but I still look like I look, you know, I could look like you. Yeah, <laughs> that was personal training. You look fantastic. Thank you. I appreciate that plug. So yeah. let's keep going down that path. For everyone listening, since this is just, you know, a, kind of a, just an auditory thing here, yeah. a radio thing. We can tell people, like, you look good. I'm looking at I'm, you. I'm, you I'm working good. out, you know, You're but I'm good. not doing personal training. No, but my point is that, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I do this mirror thing, or I'm doing Peloton, or I'm doing Soul Cycle, or I go do this place two days a week. Like, at the end of the day, if you do use a personal trainer four or five times a week, you're going to get great results. Yes, especially <laughs> if the trainer's good. And, right. um, you know, for trainers, you know, um, you know, learn the science. Like, there's a lot of bad certifications. There's some really good ones. Resistance training specialist is great when you learn biomechanics. There's a couple other really good ones. I think training's great. I would say, like, train people, you know, unless you, you know, some people, you know, I got kind of burnt out. I did it a lot. I did it, like I said, it was seven days a week. And yeah. And it was like all day, every day. And, um, you know, I barely slept and um, I kind of burnt out. But I had the idea, for me, I had the idea, you know, I get paid every hour that I work. But if I had a bunch of people working for me and I took some of, you know, I had a little piece of what, you know, what they took in, then, you know, I could sit back and kind of, you know, teach other people to do what I do. Mm -hmm. With my first gym, I didn't hire anybody with training experience. I hired all people off the street and taught them the way I wanted them to train. And that was a great training staff. And And some of your clubs probably in New York City, from what I know, did the most personal training, you know, bar none. In the right on, like, I mean, in like 80, what was it, 84th in Madison? 85th in Madison, yeah. I mean, that that, that was insane. It was like 300000 a month or something. And twice, twice that, twice that. Twice that, yeah. all right. It's a little seasonal, but yeah, I was doing $6 million plus a year in training. It's unbelievable. And that's a, it was an 11,000 square foot space, you know. Trainers were like on top of each other. But um, yeah, I mean, I always... Um, uh, you know, I was lucky with the training thing. Not really. It's just, it's just luck. I worked very hard at developing uh, that training. So do you still see if someone's a personal trainer right now, would you recommend to them, hey, stick with what you're doing, get a good clientele, and, you know, figure out ways to blow yourself up on social media, but don't give up and just start doing group exercise classes? What's your, what's your advice? To I someone? think you got to, you know, you got to follow your calling. You know, I did yeah. what kind of um, made sense to me at the time. You know, I really wanted to do the gym thing because um I saw this opportunity, you know, this was the 90s, again, it was a different time, you know, with the money I had, I couldn't have opened up a gym today, and I really bootstrapped it with the money that I saved. You know, I saw this, there was a market I saw of people who, because of the computer, I guess, people had more taste than money suddenly, you know, and I was like, there were people who would respond to something, like, just because of their taste, you know, just because it had, like, style, and it was cool. So, like, I can make it okay for cool people to go to the gym, and, um, you know, it was the right time, and so that was... You know, just something that I kind of, you know, I had this idea that I just had to see it through. And Temple, the same thing. Temple, I had this idea, and I just had to see it through. I, you know, retired sort of from the gym business for a, a minute. So from from a standpoint of um, pricing, like you've always been, you know, kind of towed the line of pretty close to Equinox pricing or maybe even higher. So how do you think about, you know, get like getting paid for the value of what you are giving to people? Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, what we offer is worth every penny of what we charge, if not more. I always, yeah. I don't, the only reason I don't like to charge a higher price than I do is because, um, I don't want it to be like all, you know, like, you know, 
the same, you know, rich executives. I want like young cool people to come be able to come to. Right, right. Who are on their first or second job? They're in New York, and like you know, just want a mix of people. You know, I don't want it to be like all people who, you know, are established, so they're like older because they have a good job, and it just gets boring. You know, so there's like young, creative, cool people that just are cool to have in the gym and, and have good energy. So I want to kind of, you know, be a little bit democratic in that way. Interesting. Good. Um, so, so what you're doing now at Temple? What's the goal on number of locations? Keep it in New York. Move it outside of New York. You got a couple of new projects on tap. Talk a little about that. Maybe a little plug. A little plug. So Temple, um, you know, I did my first Temple. It was on 49th between 8th and 9th, and you know, we were acquired by TSIs. You know, mm-hmm. and um, so we're building Temple Number Two in the West Village on uh, 10th Street and 7th Avenue. I'm building it now, and um, was that was that a it was a New York sports, sports club? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. above the gourmet garage. Exactly. Okay, I didn't research that. I just remember, just so everyone knows, but I actually know where it is. It's, everyone hey, drives by like the Dunkin' Donuts, right on that, right upstairs. Exactly. Okay, so you, you got that whole second floor. There's like there's three floors, oh, and okay. um, and it's going to be really, I mean, beautiful. Like I think I've outdone myself here. It's really going to be cool. I mean. How did you decide out of the TSI portfolio, New York Sports Clubs, hey, I want that one? They were shut down temporarily because the building was doing some work, and I saw it. They actually asked me for some advice on, like, re, um, redesigning a New York Sports, and I said, make it a temple. This location's great. I love yeah, the space. Sure. I just immediately saw what we could do with the space would make it cool. And I'm, Going back to what we talked about before, your yeah. vision of well, that's a great spot, and the demographics in that area. Demographics are fantastic. Great clubs yeah. in that Six block. Yeah, so this it had all the you know it had everything I looked for in a space and a location, mm-hmm. and I did have that like lightning striking moment of like seeing that this space could be like so cool and I, doing something which I think is um, you know I think it might be like my masterpiece. You know, yeah. I told I told um, Nikki Patrick. I told Nick, I Patrick. told I told Patrick Wells, the CEO of TSI. I said this is. You know, Warhol had a soup cans. You know, Michelangelo had a Sistine Chapel ceiling. This is it, huh? You know, Van Gogh had a Starry Night, and Barton had this West Village location. So I talked him into making that a temple because. So are you gonna? So once that opens, are you gonna hang out there? I'll hang there. Right. You know, yeah. No more day passes in uh, somebody else's gym. <laughs> just hang the out occasion. There? No, I like going to other gyms. You know, like uh, stopping in and just hitting it. You know, just look around, see what's out there. How do you, what else do you get inspiration from? Um, I get inspiration from um, a lot from, from movies. Uh-huh. Movies, yeah, I'm like crazy about movies. You know, like I watch a lot of mostly old movies, you know, like movies from the 30s and 40s. Wow. Yeah, nice. for some reason they get some imagination going. You know, I get ideas when I'm working out, listening to music. I love music. I'm a musician too, you know. What do you, what do you play? I play the drums. Uh, you know, I, do you play in a band or are you just like? I have a band. They're called Liquid Blonde. They're great. I just we took a little break just because I was so busy with stuff. It's kind of electro goth punk. You know, is that a term or do you make? No, it I think I'm kind of trying to describe <laughs> creating your own genre. <laughs> I think I just created a genre, electro goth punk. I'm gonna type that into Spotify. And it's gonna say no results found. <laughs> Liquid Blonde. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah cool. You know, I have to keep my hand in it. It's just my kind of creative outlet. Do you paint at all? I do. I knew that. How I, did you I, know that? I just felt like you did. I paint, yeah. I paint mostly, um, 
And so I'm going to pay mostly schnauzers. <laughs> schnauzers? Schnauzers. Really? Yeah. How'd that come about? Well, I, I had a schnauzer. She was my muse. And so I started painting her. But I do other dogs and <laughs> paintings that are not dogs. But yeah, I do paint. Do you have a do you have a, a studio or do you just do it in your apartment? Yeah, I do it in my apartment. I set up an easel and paint. I don't know why I felt like you painted. I do. I feel like you're very creative, so there's like a painting component to what you do. I Actually. do, I do, and uh, you know, I guess you know, oh. I was um, you know, it's kind of you know, I thought I'd have a career. I fell into the gym business. I thought I'd have a career as an artist or a musician, really. And um, you know, part of what I love about this business, you know, we talked about the experience, but also there's a training site and getting people the body they want. And sure. What I really, what really turned me on about this business was like the art form of the workout and creating a body, you know, where, you know, it's it's sculptor, it's sculpture where, you know, the medium is flesh and the tool is a dumbbell, and you know, I give my my trainers um, uh, drawing classes, I teach them. We do drawing classes, really? figure drawing. That's awesome. I put models up there and I, we draw, and I say, you know, today, we are, you know, today we're artists, we're drawing, and you know they. You have to learn, you know, the science of exercise. You know, if you're great at the science, you know, you can be a fantastic engineer, but are you an artist? You know, do you have an eye? You know, hmm. can you get this person something that's going to be, you know, physically ple pleasing too? Like, or, you know, be able to, you know, understand when you start out, like, exactly where you want to go with this, uh, you know, with this body, because you do have some control over that, you know? So to, to sum that up, basically, what you're saying is that if you're a personal trainer, you better be, you better have a strategy and think through and vision of like what that person's going to look like after you're done, you know, working on them. And also if you go into a space or you're architecting, you're basically a dream architect. I use that term dream architect. So you walk into a place, I look at a company, I say, hey, I'm going to help you architect whatever your vision is into a business. And you're basically doing the same thing with people and you're architecting and designing and basically been at the forefront of the sector of people to think differently about, you know, what, what a workout environment looks like. So you were, you were, you are a trendsetter and now you're, you're still the pace car. So how does that feel? You feel a lot of responsibility and. No, you know, I do my thing. I mean, I hope, um, you know, I hope that, um, the things that I do well, people can get something out of, you know, I've had a lot of people like tell me like, Oh, like I saw you do this thing and I'm doing it in my gym, you know, like people who are in the gym business, you know, I look what they're doing and I'm like, no, you didn't, you, you didn't. You took a couple of pieces of that, but this you're not was, doing it. You know, this wasn't about a wonky light fixture. There was a reason I put that light fixture. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this was, but you know, I mean, I'm happy when I can uh, inspire. Yeah. Know? Well, keep innovating, keep inspiring. Uh, and, and people notice what you've done and what you're doing and uh, you know, you're, you're changing things for the better. So thanks for being on and giving us all this good intelligence. And then paint me a schnauzer. I'll paint you if you like a schnauzer. <laughs> like I a mean, schnauzer. I could paint other things, too. All I right. could paint other breeds of dog. Really. All right, I'll come up with something. <laughs> okay. I got bitten by a dog once. So. You did? What kind of dog was it? It was, uh, it was like a mutt. So that won't be on the list. Okay. All right, cool. Thanks for being on here. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Great to Thanks. see you. Thanks, you too. Fun.